We love the New Life family, and we're just so happy to be a part of this. Pastor and Sister Tammy are uh, ministering somewhere. Right now, I don't know where they are, and I don't know what the time zone is. And no doubt, he will walk into a pulpit today, and he will be a blessing to the church. He will definitely have a word from God for the church. But how God is using him in a mighty way right now is not just in church pulpits, but it's sitting around tables with pastors. Change a pastor, change a church. And so what I'd like for us to do right now is I'd like for us to pray for both of them that that God will give them anointing and wisdom and that literally the wisdom of God will be on them when they're having those private conversations with whatever pastor, with whatever pastor's spouse, uh, whatever leaders in that church. Because remember, and when you pray for him consistently, let's pray for this remembering change a pastor, change a church. Can we pray for them right now? Father, we come to you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the blessing of our pastor, of our, of our leader. And we thank you right now for the opportunity that you have given him wherever he is. And I pray that the wisdom that only comes from you will flow. I pray that you'll give Sister Tammy the wisdom she needs as she is connecting with pastor's wives who are under so much pressure in this day. And we know that you are, and we speak it by faith. And can we say, by faith, in Jesus' name, it is done. Amen. Amen. Thank God. We thank God. Romans 5, 5 through 8 will be where I turn your attention today. If you are a first-time guest at New Life, we're so very thankful that you are here. We welcome you, and we invite you back to hear the pastor of this church someday. Next Sunday would be a good time for that. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I want to share with you today the love of God. The love of God. Now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to invade this sanctuary today with his love. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are people that are in this building that desperately need to feel the love of God. I know that we as a church need a greater revelation of the love of God and the power that that love will have in our individual lives, 
in our families, in our communities, and in this world. Can we go to him right now asking him for a revelation of his love today? Father, thank you. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for how your word is so very clear about your love. And I'm praying that your love will do a great work in us, through us. Let us respond to the call of your love today. In Jesus' name. And can the church say amen? Amen. You may be seated. The answer to today's hate is God's love. Jesus Christ did not come through the Garden of Eden. Jesus Christ didn't show up on earth during the peaceful reign of Solomon. Jesus was born and raised during Roman dominance. And everything about Roman dominance at that day and their occupation was hate toward the Jews. It ranged from oppressive taxes. It included physical abuse by Roman soldiers. It even included the disgusting idea that they had to deal with that the Romans felt that their leader was a god. And so the Jews repeatedly tried to gain political independence and, and they failed. Finally, Jewish society was devastated in AD 70 when Titus sent Roman legions to destroy Jerusalem. Now, it was bad enough that, that their city was destroyed, but they didn't stop with their city. They also destroyed their beloved temple, and this literally crushed the spirit of the Jews. And so Jesus preceded this in his ministry, and, and he taught about love. Jesus was teaching about love whenever it was very hard to do. He said things like, love your enemies. And whenever he said that in that day, he was really saying something because their Roman enemies could kill them. But Jesus knew that love was the answer. And so now, many years later, it's 2022, and we find ourselves in a world saturated with hate. That's where we are. You look at faces on the media. If you look at the media and if you glance at the news, you don't have to glance far at all before you see faces full of hate and rage. In our day, diplomacy has mostly been replaced with hate. Statesmanship has been replaced with hatemanship. And that is where we are. I know that, that hate is a very harsh word, but it literally describes today. It speaks of abhorrence and revulsion and disgust. What it seems like to me is that Hate is just continually oozing right below the surface of society like, like gasoline. And it's just waiting for 
some act or something to, of anger to ignite that explosion. It was two weeks ago that the Spirit of God started speaking to me about sharing with you today the love of God. And so I've been thinking about it and wondering just exactly how it was going to come together, having no idea that this week would be, um, that there would be happenings in our country that would unleash yet another wave of hate. And today's message is, is not about the problem. Today's message is about the solution. Because the solution is the love of God. His love is the answer for our world. His love is the answer for Terre Haute. His love is the answer for the surrounding areas. His love is the answer for new life. His love is the answer for the shock family and, and your family. His love is the answer for me as an individual. So I stand here today. You won't need to understand the Greek to understand how I'm preaching today. I'm just telling you the answer is the love of God. It's the love of God. Romans 5 and 8 speaks to this love. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commended his love. He literally placed together his love with us. He set his love in the same place as us. He commended his love toward us. But sometimes it's very hard for us to accept the love of God. And the reason why we struggle at times to accept the love of God is because we know us. We know us. We know our battles. We know our failures. We, we know what we struggle with. And it's just the human nature thing that, that we lock in on earning and deserving. We focus on earning and deserving. There's no way God could love me unless I earn his love. There's no way that, that God could, could love me unless I do certain things. And we struggle with the revelation that we need of the unconditional love of God. Unconditional. We struggle to understand while we were yet sinners. We struggle to understand that His love, while we were yet sinners, that He loves us when we're not doing right, that, that He loves us when we're battling, that He loves us when we're struggling, that He loves us when we're walking, and He loves us when we're knocked down. The unconditional love of God is hard for us to understand. We, we forget sometimes that unconditional love does not mean unconditional agreement. There, there is a difference in unconditional love and unconditional agreement. 
There are things in, in my life that I have struggled with, that I struggled with, that God doesn't agree with me, but his love doesn't shut down on the level of agreement. There are people that are here today that you have shut down accepting the love of God because you know there are things in your life that he doesn't agree with. But even as we're struggling through things he doesn't agree with, we've got to understand that his love is not shut down. His love is not just limited to his agreement with what we're doing. We struggle to understand this. It's, it's unconditional love. What does that mean? It means love without condition. It means that there's not a condition to this. God loves us. It's unearned love. We need a revelation of the unearned love of God that God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Is it okay to just keep willingly sinning because uh, of his love? Of course not. But we've got to first back up and understand, in my struggle, he loves me. In my failure, he still loves me. This is the reason why it's so important that we fail forward. When we fall, at least fall forward. To where when we get up, we're, we're going the, the right direction. There is a difference in falling and falling away. There's a difference in falling and falling out. And the people that can fall forward are the people that have a true revelation of the love of God. The love of God. God created us and, and he knows how important his love is in our lives. And this is why he, he gives it and he doesn't withhold it. This is the reason why he looks for reasons. He looks for opportunities to show his love to us. He paid the debt of our sin. Why? Because he loves us. We didn't pay it. We couldn't pay it. It took a sinless sacrifice. That's why he came. He came to be that sacrifice. He came to, to handle what had separated us. He came to bring us to him. He came to deal with us by his love and through his love. And a true revelation of the love of God would, would change our lives forever. I pray that that there will be a revelation that will come into some people's lives today that will break down the self-built inward barriers that is keeping you or that are keeping you from yielding yourself to the love of God. It's things that we build up in our mind and we get very good, very good at giving the inward voice a microphone. And all we hear inside of us is we're not worthy. All we hear is we've done too much. All we hear is we've squandered so many opportunities. 
All we hear is, there you go, you made that same mistake again. All we hear is, you're broken, you're broken deeply. And, and other people can experience a dimension of this, but you can't because of your problems and your failures. And the list goes on and on. But we cannot even imagine how our lives would change if we would open up to the love of God. We can't even imagine what would happen in our lives if we would just stop and just say, God, with all of my faults, with all of my mistakes, with all of my shortcomings, I'm going to take my eye off of that. I'm going to take my eye off of my brokenness. I'm going to take my eye off of my aggravation. I'm going to take my eye off of my unfulfillment. I'm going to take my eye off of my frustration, and I'm going to look up for a minute, and I'm going to say, thank you for loving me. Would you help me to accept your love. Would you help me to accept it? It's like the man that, that cried out to him, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Today I'm praying that, that, that somebody will say, Lord, I believe you love me. Would, would you help me get through the barrier in my mind that I have that that I'm beyond your love, or, or I don't deserve your love. Can we just take the Word of God, and can we stand on the Word of God? It's not an excuse to sin, but can we just start where God wants us to start, and that is, but God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He died for us. Love is a powerful, powerful force. Two of the most basic desires that we have as humans is to love and to be loved. To be loved. We, we understand how love changes people, but the love of God goes beyond anything that we can ever understand. Here's what we need to get. We need to get this right. God loves me, period. It would be good if we would wake up in the morning. If, if, you're, if you're struggling with the love of God, it would be good for you to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror before you shave or, or before you do whatever you do. If you would just look in the mirror and say, okay, let's start this day off right. God loves you. Now, he may not agree, and we know that there are things we need to change, and, and we need to change quickly. We, we understand that, but I think the first thing that we need to make sure that we have solidified in our lives is Romans 5, Romans 5 and 8. And I'll say it again for about the fifth time already. We need to get this right. That God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We need to get that in our mind. We need to allow his love and his spirit to break down those inner walls that we have built up. 
that, that as life goes through and you get hurt. And so what happens is, is we don't deal with that hurt correctly and we back up and then we, we dig a footer like we're seeing out here. There are going to be great walls start to come out, uh, come up on our, our wonderful sanctuary soon. Well, we need to let that construction site speak to us because that's exactly what many have done. They've been hurt. They've been disappointed. Things have not gone the way they thought. They, they have been disappointed by other people. They have disappointed people. They have been embarrassed. They have embarrassed their family. They've been embarrassed by other people. And what we do is, is we don't deal with that biblically. We back up and we start digging footers. And then, and then we get the forms in there. And then we start pouring foundations and we start building up inner walls within us that blocks us from the love of God because we're convinced no way he could love me. There's no way he could love me. And if everybody else around me really knew me, they wouldn't love me either. If everybody else around me really knew the struggle that I have deep in my spirit, deep in my heart, they wouldn't love me either. And to that I say, you are wrong. We are wrong. That is the wrong spirit because God loves us. God loves us. God's plan is first that his love gets to us and then that his love gets through us. Love is so powerful that it even works for atheists. There are people that don't even believe that there's a God, but they love people. They don't even believe that there's a God, but they love people so much that they join together with, with good causes and, and all to spread love, to help people. And do you know what happens? There is a powerful force that even works through the love of an atheist. That should show us just how powerful love is. If love can be powerful flowing through atheists, can you imagine how powerful love could be flowing through people that, that are seeking to love God, that are seeking to show the love of God, people who have been born again, people who are empowered by the gift of the Holy Ghost? Can you imagine what could happen if we could get a revelation of the love of God? But the enemy of our soul desperately seeks to stop us from realizing, receiving, and sharing that love. The enemy is so sly and knows the Bible better than any of us. And the enemy of our soul uses the Bible to his advantage. And it is by small additions and subtractions that that is his secret weapon. He showed himself in the garden when he added one small word that changed everything. He added hath, preceding where God had already said. There is a major difference in God said and hath God said. It was a very small change. It was very sly, but it worked. And so what we must be careful of today is that this all-important foundational kingdom value of love is not tainted in our life. 
we need to be very careful. Yes, this word is clear. God's word is clear. And chastening and correction are included in God's love. Yes, it is. We see it in Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. We look at scriptures like this, we look at concepts like this, and then we start talking about something that's very biblical, and that is tough love. We speak of tough love, and tough love is legitimate. But what we have to be careful of is how the enemy seeks to take every legitimate thing in the Word of God and taint it to make it illegitimate. He seeks to pervert every God thing. And the enemy knows that God included love and and tough love, so he seeks to interject anger into tough love. And tough love is perverted when anger is the basis instead of love being the basis for tough love. Because if we're operating truly in biblical tough love, then it is harder on the one giving it than it is the one receiving it. And so as a church, New Life, please let's not become more comfortable with chastening and correcting than we are covering and concealing. Let's make sure as we move into the day that we're in, yes, it's all under the umbrella of love. Chastening is under the umbrella of love. Correcting is under the umbrella of love. But church, we've got to understand, so is covering and so is concealing. Proverbs 10 and 12, hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. Proverbs 17 and 9, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends or good friends. First Peter 4 and 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. I'm talking about us embracing the love of God where we cover some things. I'm talking about us embracing the love of God to a level that we conceal some things. This doesn't mean that, that we just cover up and conceal active sin uh, that is destroying people's lives. It doesn't mean that. It means that we, through love, seek to help them. It means that through love we seek to connect them with, with the people that can work in their lives and help them along the path of restoration. It, it means that we operate in true love and true love does its best to limit embarrassment. What true love does, it, yes, it deals with the wrong, but it, but it keeps it off of social media. 
it, it deals with the wrong, but it, but it tries to, to conceal. It, it tries to contain because we don't want to share the bad side of our brothers and our sisters. We, we don't want to share. We want this to be a safe place to where people who are struggling like us can come and, and we can struggle forward. And we can struggle in through the love of God. And we can have the love of God working in our heart and through us. True love treats others how we desire to be treated. And we consider ourselves and our families. It's very interesting how Jesus demonstrated this whenever he must needs go through Samaria. It wasn't convenient to go there. It it Jews avoided that, but but he must needs go through Samaria. Do you know why he needed to go through Samaria? Because there was going to be a woman that was really beat up by life. There was going to be a woman that really needed ministry. And Jesus goes right where uh, he needed to be at the time he needed to be there. And, and he dealt with her life. But isn't it interesting how he didn't even call out her past in front of even his disciples? Isn't it something that he made sure that it was just them? And he didn't do it in a way that beat her down. He knew that there were issues that had to be dealt with, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't going to put her on blast. There's no way he was going to make himself look good by exposing her, her problems, by exposing the pain in her life. He wasn't going to do it. He was going to get in a safe place. He was going to get in a private way, and he was going to show us how to work with people in love. Allowing the love of God to flow through us is a real challenge at times. There are many rough cases today. People have loads of baggage. We have, we have no idea what happened to them. It's, it's a challenge to even truly know what's driving your spouse. It's a challenge to even know what's driving your children. It's a challenge to even know, to have that kind of understanding, even within our own house, how much more people that are brought into our lives. And so God brings people into our lives so that his love that we have allowed to flow to us can flow through us. But understanding is so overrated. We, I'm just to the point now to where, you know, yes, I listen. Yes, I'll try to understand as much as I can. But I just, I now understand that I'll never understand enough. Whenever it is, it is on a, a human basis situation. We can't wait to understand, to have all of the answers, so then we come into people's lives 
with, with solid ground. And we can just look good. And we can just tell them exactly what we need to tell them that will help them and preserve our approach. We've got to get beyond that, church. Understanding, we just may not ever get understanding of people's situations. I may not ever understand everything that has got you where you are. I may never understand the pain. I may never understand the hurt that you've had outside of the church, the hurt you've had in your family, the hurt you've had by your spouse, the hurt you've had by your parents, by your children, the hurt you've had inside this house. We may never understand that, but can we just go ahead and move past understanding and know we don't have to understand. God understands, and it is up to us to allow the love of God to get to us and through us. Jesus is our example, and he made some very bold claims about love. In John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Jesus clearly set himself up as the example of how this is to be done. But one of his boldest claims regarding love is found in Matthew 5, 43 through 46, and it goes deep. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you... What reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. This is very heavy. This is very clear. And I just don't think that that's possible without a revelation of Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The love of God. The love of God to the level of loving your enemies. The the, the love of God to the level of blessing those that curse you. The love of God to the level of praying for people that despitefully use you, and this is and, and this includes people in the church. We'll never understand this as long as we keep it in the human realm. There's no way. If you see any news at all today, you see the hateful rage on the faces of many. We see it. 
We are now clearly seeing spiritual wickedness in high places. We're seeing that. And in these times, as a church, we're going to lose if we think we can fight these spirits in the realm of the flesh. We're going to lose. There is a word to the church today, and that is, don't take the hate bait. Don't take the hate bait. We're being baited. We're we're being tempted right now, and, and the bait is looking very good because the way things are building in our world now, it's 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 easy to hate. We see this, and we we must look to the real answer, because the enemy needs us to hate people. The enemy needs us to hate people. The enemy needs us to keep the battle in the realm of the flesh. Because as long as the church keeps the battle in the realm of the flesh, then the enemy is winning. We cannot take the hate bait. The voices are yelling and screaming at us. It's abs- we're seeing things now in society that, that we never thought that we would see. And so the church is at a point right now that we cannot miss it. We cannot take the bait of hate. We've got to understand that even in these times that the answer is still the love of God when hate and rage is in our face. The pressure is building. This is a test for the church. The temptation is to move into the flesh and handle this, but this is not flesh-dominated. It's spirit-dominated. The spirit of infant death is nothing new. It just has a new face. The spirit is very old. It's the same spirit that used the face of Pharaoh. It's the same spirit that used the idol of Molech. It's the same spirit that used the face of Herod. Back then, it was the spirit of child death, unified with the spirit of control. Today, we are living in a day where we see this spirit using the face of multiplied thousands. There are people that are yelling and screaming in the streets, and many of them don't even know what spirit they're being guided by. Many of them don't even know. They've never felt the love of God. They've never understood the power of God. 
They, they've never bowed their knee and said, God, help me. They've never been taught about the things of God. And it's been pain and sin and pain and sin and destruction in their personal lives that has them to this point. And now all of that anger has been oozing in for their life. And, and like that gasoline under, under the surface of their life. And now there's a cause and, and now there's a spark and many of them are filled with hate and they do not even understand why. Because now today we're not just dealing with the spirit of baby death and the spirit of control that got together and was driving it back then. Now we're having the clustering spirits getting together that we're coming up against. It's the spirit of child death that has unified with the spirit of convenience. And that spirit has joined with the spirit of control. And that spirit has joined with the spirit of recreational sex. And then that spirit has joined with the spirit of lawlessness. And so the spirits are clustering together. And in this day, what are we going to do about what is going on in our world? You, you want to call people in authority? Go ahead. You can do that. Can we speak up? Yes, we can do that. Can we vote? Yes, we can do that. So now have we kind of tapped out everything we can do in the human realm? Now, now have we pretty much covered that? Are we going to stay locked in on the human realm? Are, are we going to try to fight these things on the human realm? Are we now smart enough? Are we now sharp enough? Are, are, do we now have the ability to battle in the flesh what can only be handled in the spirit? I say absolutely not. There is absolutely no way. We cannot be foolish enough to think that what has begun in the spirit can be brought forth in the flesh. There is no way that we in our individual lives, in our families, or in this church can ever get to the point where we think we can handle this in the flesh. I'll tell you the greatest thing we can do. I'll tell you how we'll come against this is we'll live holy and we'll take a holy life, and we will deepen in prayer. That's what we'll do. That's exactly what we will do. I'll tell you how we will stand up against this. We will understand that God loves us, and he loves us while we were yet sinners, and we'll understand that he loves every one of those people that are in the streets doing God knows what, all the people painting the signs and, and tearing buildings up and doing things with their body that is ungodly and unholy. What's the answer for them? The very same thing that is the answer for us. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The answer for them is the answer for us. Men, we must lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. 
our anger and, and unbelief is not going to work against this. We remind ourselves that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We must elevate our focus above humans and pray against spirits. We must plead the blood. We must pray for spiritual authority and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. And above it all and through it all, we cannot hate. We cannot hate. We must love. We do not have any more right to hate than they have to kill. It would be very easy for us to be focused on how can you kill? How can you do that? How can this country allow millions and millions of people to be aborted, to be killed? How in the world could this be? The laws of death that are being passed in our land. What is the answer to that? The answer to that is the church realizing that they don't have a right to kill and we don't have a right to hate. The answer to that is, is the word of God says, thou shalt not kill. And the word of God says that the answer is the love of God. The love of God. The love of God. And so I come to you today and I say that the formula is everything minus love equals nothing. Everything minus love equals nothing. I don't have time to deal with 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about what all love is. It's this, 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 and this. But don't, but, but don't get down into that so fast before you see what it starts off with. If you had the ability to understand all mysteries... If you had supernatural power flowing through you, if, if you understood it all, or if you were so dedicated that, that you would give your body to be killed, that's way up there. That's, that's amazing. But then it says, but without charity, without love, then all of our sacrifices just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. All of our willingness to, to give, all of our... Without, without love, it's nothing. And so love is the difference maker. And the answer for our individual lives and our homes in the world is the love of God. And this started with Romans 5 and 5, and it said, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. We're not going to love without the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. This kind of love, the love of God, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. But don't forget that God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. 
God wants to demonstrate his love to many people right now in this sanctuary. So as we stand together, would you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven? And would you just position yourself and would you pray that the Spirit of God, through his love, would saturate this sanctuary right now? Can we just lift our voice right now and ask him to do that? Come on, new life. Let's just lift our voice right now and ask God. We need a baptism of his love. Father, we need you right now. There are people in this sanctuary, God, who need to feel your love right now. If you are in here today and you need the love of God to get to you, or you know that you need the love of God to get through you in a greater way, would you not hesitate? Would you step out from where you are right now? And come to the front. Would you push as close as you can? Come. We need the love of God to get to us. We need the love of God to flow in a greater way through us. Come, come, there's a lot of hurt in this world, there's a lot of misunderstanding in this world, Those of you that are standing in the seats, would you please close your eyes and stretch your hands toward the front? Those of you that walk forward, would you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven? And can you just start praying against any inner wall that is shutting God's love out of your life? Pray against any inward voice that is blocking you from opening yourself up to the love of God. Father, I pray right now in your name. I pray right now in your name that any inner wall will come down with these people that are seeking you right now. Let your voice be heard above all the inner voices. the love of God. I'm telling you, God loves you. God loves us. As you're praying right now, would you just say this out loud? God loves me. Will, will you say that? God loves me. All the way across this sanctuary, will you just open your mouth right now and say, God loves me. God, God loves me. Every one of you that, that walked to the front, 
Would you please just lift your hands and we're going to sing in worship. Will you allow the love of God to touch you? Will you open up your heart to the love of God? Let it be in Jesus' name.